Hello and welcome to this episode 26 of the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack and I'm recording this on Thursday the 30th of March 2017 and the sun is out here in London so I've come out to a little patch of sunshine to record an introduction to this week's episode because yesterday we had Elizabeth Cron, the editor of Sabat Magazine, come over to the office to talk about her magazine of contemporary witchcraft. I've been a massive fan of Sabat since I first saw it. I think that we talk about this in the episode, but we first put an interview with Elizabeth on the Stack uh, blog about a year ago when the first issue came out, and it was massively popular and I was really confused at first as to what's going on but then realized that actually there's this really uh, strong and, and growing interest in the occult and in witchcraft and the way that it intersects with feminism and with uh, like alternate religions and, and ideas of the world um, and Sabat as a, as a project has just come on leaps and bounds from that first issue so the whole thing was planned from the beginning as uh, a three issue uh, project so the first issue was the maiden issue then they had the mother issue and then the crone and in each case using those themes as ways of looking at uh, witchcraft in in different lights um you will hear from the the stuff that we talk about there's all sorts of special things that they do with the the production of the magazine and it was really fascinating to hear elizabeth talk about the way that she moved from being a fan of harry potter and buffy the vampire slayer into something that was a little bit more involved and and maybe uh, more mature um and then the way that sabat is really crossing over uh, into the mainstream and becoming for a lot of people like me the first introduction to this whole other world that's out there it's a really, really interesting interview and a brilliant magazine. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Elizabeth Cron. Hi, right, so I'm here with Elizabeth Cron, the editor of Sabat magazine. Mm. Elizabeth, thank you very much for coming over. Thank you for having me. And I really wanted to speak to you about this one because... Um, I was at your launch party um, last week mm-hmm. and picked up a copy of the magazine. And first of all, it's my favourite of the, the three that you've oh, done so wonderful. far. But it's also the last. Yeah. So um, I guess it would be interesting to know a little bit about what is the magazine and what's the concept and why is this the end of Sabat as we know it? Um, well, it started out being this like three-part thing, this trilogy thing, um, as a concept when I was doing my master's. Um, and I wanted it to reflect the triple goddess, like this neo-pagan deity, which is um, also represented in the phases of the moon, very witchy. Uh, and I wanted to look at motherhood, no, uh, womanhood through these like three lenses. Um, so yeah, we did the maiden, we did the mother, and we did the crone, and now it's sort of time that that like life cycle of Sabat should come to an end as well. It doesn't mean that I won't do other Sabat-related projects, but yeah, that was the sort of general idea, and it felt good to stick to it. It's a very strong and bold approach, I think, to say right from the beginning, we're going to do three of these. Yeah. I mean, there, there are lots of magazines that come out now with that baked-in end point, yeah. but it's, it's typically... 
six issues and we're going to do one a year or like you know eight and we're going to do two a year so you're still talking about a four-year life cycle but you you've done this in what a year and a half uh yeah like a year sort of but like I, I mean I did it when I was doing like I did the first issue as my sort of thesis and then I of course like improved it and stuff because you have to um but yeah it's been like a year since we launched the first one like exactly a year and now it's done uh, and that feels insane and really cool <laughs> and I learned so much in this time and it was sort of just for me as well to sort of I've never published a magazine before I didn't know what I was doing at all um, but um, it's been great it's been really a learning curve but um, yeah a contained one a very contained one you, yeah. you've immersed yourself and given yourself this like quick hit of it so take us right back to the beginning and what made you want to make a print magazine about witchcraft in the first place um because i was interested myself i've been i've always sort of been interested in like the pop cultural aspect of like witchcraft i was like the biggest harry potter fan i was uh like into all kinds of like literature and uh charmed and buffy and all that and uh, i felt that there was this like zeitgeist thing like around me i looked at what people were sort of like referencing and like pentagrams popping up and things like that, like 90s kind of nostalgia that was very much around me in like the fashion scene that I was in. Um, and as like the person that I am, I wanted to sort of like understand it and dig deeper into it. So I made this zine about 90s teen witches. And I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. I just <laughs> want to keep doing this. Um, and I kind of started looking into pagan culture in the UK and sort of what was out there in terms of like visual and uh, like magazine material and I realized that there wasn't that much and I thought wow it might be really cool to do like a nice lifestyle magazine for witches um, so yeah that was where it started and then I just researched and talked to people and like emailed everyone and just went to Los Angeles and met some like really cool um, sort of really sort of groomed witches and I was like wow this is kind of sexy as well and I wanted to like have Sabat reflect that and have you been surprised by the way that it's been received? Because, so I guess it must be a year ago that mm. we had an interview with you on the Stack blog. Mm. And I, I make a real point of it that with the Stack blog, we don't try to just cover things that we think are going to be popular. Mm. You know, we, we're not trying to sort of like get clicks. We're mm. trying to cover the stuff that looks interesting. Yeah. But like the interview with you was immediately one of the most popular things that we published. That's like, <laughs> hang on <laughs> what that's really I don't know that's really sort of uh, that's nice for Sabbat and stuff yeah no that's really cool I think but I think it's like you know like sometimes time is just like ripe for something and you just have to like go and grab it and pick it and do something about it and I felt that about things before and I was like I didn't do it but now I did and it was yeah cool and I guess you I mean part of that is that you benefit from there being a community out there already. So there, there are a lot Definitely. of people out there who identify with witchcraft as, yeah. as something that's important to their lives. Mm. But Sabat, I guess, is, and we are just talking about this, maybe one of the first manifestations of something that's a bit more in the mainstream or bridging that gap. Yeah, I think, I think that there's, there are quite um, a lot of like Instagram accounts and people um, especially in America that do uh, really like popular and sort of 
aesthetic things to do with witchcraft in different ways. They do tattoos, they do jewelry, they do like the hood witch like sells crystals and tarot cards and books and stuff. Um, so it exists, but maybe not like in this sort of uh, writing kind of information format, maybe. Um, so it's kind of like collating all of those people that do different crafts and imagery and stuff together and to make some kind of expression of that, I think, and just an expression like of the time that we're in as well, because I, I think that that's important to say about that. It came at a point where there was a witches of Instagram, but the witches of Instagram have been like growing. It's been like so become so much more popular in the year that we did it. So I think that stopping Sabbath at this point in time also leaves it at this, as this like um, segment of time in a way. Like we use hashtags and we use uh, handles in our sort of text to make it very now. And it's kind of like a conscious decision that this will be like this document of like 2016, 2017. This is it. And then... Yeah. And print is wonderful for that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's brilliant that you're going to be able to come back to this in 20 years. Yeah. And as much as anything, it's going to be a record for you of the time that you were working on this magazine yeah, yeah, and doing yeah, yeah, all this yeah. stuff. So tell us a little bit about the, the triple goddess structure. So the, the maiden, the mother, the crone. Yeah. The, this is a, a universal uh, structure. Yeah. But it's something that you're using to do some quite specific things. So, for example, having a feminist approach to yeah. this? Well, um, I kind of, I think it's, it's, it's good to, to kind of challenge yourself as a woman as well, because like my view of what it's like to be a woman is definitely very sort of uh, biased by me being a young woman. And I wanted to look at all these different phases of life that you go through and that you're often sort of like not uh, considered, I don't know, um, this or that when you kind of grow older and you, uh, you're you not supposed to have, I don't know, these opinions and you're not supposed to look like this. And I just, I wanted to, to kind of push my own kind of perception of what it's like to be a woman through kind of putting putting up these like frames for myself and try to be creative within them. But of course, at the same time, our main audience is uh, probably between like 15 and 35. Um, so I had to kind of keep that in mind as well, that it's it, the crone issue isn't entirely crones. So it's more about like, how can you use that energy in your life? How can you um, use the waning moon, the sort of letting go, the um, the things that crumble and death in your life to 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 help yourself as a woman and 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 obviously not just at the time when you are literally at the end of your life yeah. it's a concept that you can bring through the like everything that you do I think that's really important in witchcraft as well and in sort of um, the wheel of the year and goddess worship it's like the cycle the idea of the cycle that we're all part of a cycle and that cycle isn't just like that you're like young at one point in your life, you maybe enter into motherhood or creation at one point of your life, and then you die at one point of your life. It's it's like in every day, in every week, in every month, in every year, you even in every like yeah, in every hour, you have like these kind of the start and the finish of something. And um, I wanted that kind of cyclical thing to be a big part of the concept and. And I think that's part of what makes it so appealing to me as well, yeah. because the this isn't something that we are 
commonly presented with. I think the, the, the linear structure is much more common. So even thinking about a magazine, like, you know, you, you have a beginning, a middle and an end. Yeah. The, whereas, like, you know, this magazine's coming along and, and talking about something that is, on the one hand, uh, very fleeting because yeah. it's only lasted for a year, but on, on the other hand, is actually looking at life from yeah. this eternal kind of perspective. I, I really, really, <laughs> I really love what well, you could probably tell. I really yeah, like it. Yeah, thank you. Um, and so thinking then about the, the stuff um, that you've got in this issue, mm. there's a lot in there uh, looking back at, um, so it's like the witches group from, is it the 60s, 70s? The, yeah. Like, so a political yeah. group. Yeah. Um, it was, um, I felt it was important, like at this point, at the sort of Corona issue, to sort of look back to who came before us and uh, Especially like in the like in the seventies and in the nineties, we had these like resurgences of witchcraft, and in the seventies, it correlated with like second wave feminism, and we had these like women, like these kind of after that kind of prominent feminists who uh, would dress up as witches and like sabotage uh, Wall Street and sabotage strip clubs and do all these like pranks, uh, dressed in pointy hats and dance around. And I felt that there was like this amazing sort of audacity and defiance to that that I really loved. And I think that's sort of important for the crone archetype as well, that you get to this stage where you're like, fuck it, like whatever, I'll just, um, doesn't matter if it's like correct to protest in this way, if it's right, if it's uh, intelligent, but just to sort of do. Mm. Um, and I think that's something that's kind of important in this time that we're in to take with us as well to just have some fun with it to you can be anti-trumpy anti-brexit whatever but like keep the sort of fire burning keep it going and have some fun yeah feminists having fun (laughs) (laughs) well you have a lot of fun with the actual production of the magazine and so this is where we enter the bit of the podcast where it becomes very difficult because what i really want to do is start showing (laughs) the stuff that's in the magazine but you from the second issue yeah was when i really picked up on this idea of I guess not hidden messages necessarily, but this idea of like occult yeah. things appearing through the magazine. Yeah. And so, for example, you have um, on the cover the masthead or the, the logo mm. is printed just in uh, varnish mm. so that you just catch it in the light rather than it being very obvious. Or mm. you've done a lovely thing of um, on the, uh, the edge of the pages. Uh, running now. What is it? Is in darkness light, and then you've got the Latin as well, haven't yeah. you? The, what's, what's the Latin? An uh, eburosfos, I think. Okay. Um, or something. I don't know how to say things in Latin, but um, yeah. So it's it's what it's said on like Hecate's temple. So Hecate is this like uh, kind of crone goddess that we kind of mention a lot in the magazine, and um, we were thinking kind of like in these dark times that there is. There is some fire and some light and some some kind of uh, torch in the darkness and maybe the crone is like one of the best archetypes to uphold that. And so there's a part of this which makes sense for the magazine because I guess with witchcraft we're very accustomed to the idea of hidden symbols Mm. and and arcane codes. Mm. So that that fits nicely. But then, for example, with that thing of of printing these words on the edges of the pages, That it only um, reads when the the magazine is open in a certain way. And so I, I became aware of it yeah. when I was reading a regular story, yeah. and then just sort of glanced to the side of the page. Was like, oh, hang on, do, 
they've written in darkness light at yeah. the edge of the pit. So you're you're giving readers this little extra, this little bump. Yeah, no, I mean, I love that as a reader myself. I love sort of when it feels like I'm getting this like kinder egg of surprises. Um, and I've been working with uh, Cleber de Campos, who's like an amazing designer, who's very, very sort of uh, interested in witchcraft himself. So we could do a lot of conceptual plays with that. And um, we kind of, yeah, we had a lot of fun with doing these like peekaboo things and like these cut out moons for this issue, working with transparencies, working with that things change as you turn them around. And, and I, I think especially because Sabat sort of has this like digital profile on Instagram and stuff and um, that you wanted to make the sort of tactile object really like use that like tactility in every way we could and our readers as well like when they sort of like Instagram fans but when they kind of they take pictures of it and they lay it out with like their like stones and stuff and they discover this and it's like this amazing sort of correspondence um, to see like, okay, we made this. Are they going to like realize that we did this? Is anyone going to notice? And then someone <laughs> notices and everyone's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, yeah. so when I was, so I was Instagramming it the other day, mm. I don't have any stones or thing that I, anything I can put alongside it, but when I, when I, was, when I was Instagramming stuff, yeah. there, are, there are some bits in there that I just couldn't get the camera to show. So there, yeah. there's some really delicate debossing that you've mm. got in there and the, and like you know pointing the camera at the page and trying to get the light right and everything yeah it it just couldn't be shown digitally so actually the only way that you could experience it is by getting hold of a copy of this magazine yeah which again is also i guess probably part of the thinking in terms yeah. of if you want to experience this you have to buy a copy and actually hold it yeah and there's like a certain sort of intimacy to that as well like you kind of you to sort of have an object in your hands and discover it and know it in a way that only sort of you can and i think that's important to witchcraft as a religion as well it's a lot about like the tactile things the self-creation the how you feel about it what you put into it what you see so like what you see in sabbat is can be individual to like you and that becomes this like relationship this kind of magical relationship and I think that's nice <laughs> <laughs> that is nice indeed I was interested in the um in some of the interviews so some of the um the, especially the the older women who've been involved in uh witchcraft for a, a very long time yeah um, some of them um challenging the triple goddess structure so yeah. some of the some of them are saying actually that is uh, a hangover from a, an older time. Yeah. Are, are you, um, I guess, do you see this magazine as being a step on the road towards something else? Is, it, is this, or is this, uh, as you said before, a snapshot of this moment and in that way definitive, or is this a snapshot of this moment and actually it's going on somewhere else? I think it's always going on somewhere else. I think, of course, like you have people like that I interviewed that are questioning um, put like uh, defining women from like whether they sort of carry children and are their mothers blah 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 with the mother issue I kind of tried to look at that as more like being creative making something mm. and always like looking at it as energies rather than as like definitive life phases um, I think grouping women into sort of maiden mother crone in a very like literal way is it's like something that we're getting past and I hope that I don't contribute to do that.
the, the whole idea of gender binaries. So, yeah. as you were saying before, so Kleber, the designer, mm. is a, a man mm. and interested in witchcraft. Mm. And so, it, in a way, the, the whole idea of the, the witch as woman is, mm. is something that we... I suppose the different way that we're starting to see men and women yeah. as, uh, as two ways of seeing people, but then there are others as well. Yeah, I, I think that sort of queer feminism and sort of working with gender, playing with gender has hopefully also been like a big part of Sabbat. We, uh, we try to include different voices on this, different perceptions, different um, identities, like people like seeing themselves in different ways, finding themselves in different ways according to this like maiden mother prone spectrum and also the female male spectrum. Um, um, I think it's changing um, and I was reading like the spiral dance like yesterday from Starhawk, this is this like witchcraft kind of like formative kind of work and she was talking about a lot about like male versus female. I think um, that is an important sort of uh, idea in like Wicca and parts of witchcraft, but I think that Sabbat also wants to be this like space that is mainly for women but not exclusive. It wants to be like a safe, sacred space in that way. Like, I think um, we don't want to exclude men, but. I think men have a lot of space to express themselves, so it's kind of nice that this witchcraft magazine focuses mainly on women. Um, yeah, but or femininity, like a lot of femininity, and it doesn't have to be like what your like assigned sex is, but like playing with femininity and exploring dark femininity. Okay, we're not going to start bemoaning the poor men who don't have their own witchcraft magazine. No, yes. they can make their own. Exactly. <laughs> So, what is coming up for you next? Because the, this is the end of Sabat as the magazine as we know it at the moment. Mm -hmm. But it feels like there's so much more for you to be doing. So, where, <laughs> where, do, you, where do you focus your energies now? Uh, well, I'm going to probably uh, see if I can do some other writing projects on the same theme. Maybe something a bit more like overreaching. Because for me, this has been like a real like learning journey. I I didn't know that much about this. I was like into nineties witches, and then I um, sort of went on this like little kind of explorative thing and talked to so many interesting people and built this network. And I want to sort of um, tell a story from that. Uh, so yeah, I think that that will be the next step. I can't say like exactly more definitive in what way because I don't know yet, but I'm working on it. Well, that is exciting. Yeah. And magazines are just typically so good at that. If the if you want to put yourself at the heart of something, yeah, make a magazine about it because yeah. then you, by definition, you just need to reach out to all those people who are involved in it already yeah. and, and find out what they're doing and, and bring them into it. And I, I th in a way that I think if you're writing a book, say, mm. that can be a more solitary uh, approach because yeah. even if you're doing your research, you are the author. Yeah. Whereas when you're the editor of a magazine, actually your job is to go out there and get a ton of other people to write stuff for you yeah. or the, you know, it's, it, it puts you in the heart of something. Definitely. I think... Uh that yeah it's forced me to sort of get out of my shell a bit and like go and like meet so many people and go across the pond to America <laughs> and stuff and um and it's nice to sort of 
put like yourself at the back and just like see what other people do with this theme and see what other artists kind of make of this theme and in a way Sabbat has become this like kind of point of like I don't know inspiration or reference for a lot of people so we had people making films for us like just interpreting our concept in their way and I think that's really inspirational it gives me so much as like an individual and it really inspires me um, and it will be sort of really sad to see that go um, because it's so much harder to sit and just try to write something yourself it's yeah. really difficult but now you don't have to worry about a printer exactly making <laughs> exactly because I imagine that with all of this stuff with die cuts and with like all these special effects you've got in here that must be a bit of a headache yes um, I've actually gone to Berlin to the printer myself every time to just like sign off all the sheets and do all the tests and stuff but it's 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 been I'm, I'm very lucky to have been able to do that so um, it's it's been a very interesting learning journey all right, well, um, congratulations and thank you. And um, I'm going to be looking forward to seeing what you do next. Thank you. <laughs> OK, that's it for this week. I'd like to say thanks again to Elizabeth for coming over to our offices yesterday. Uh, it was lovely to see her apart from anything else. And I hope that you've enjoyed uh, that conversation you really do need to actually hold a copy of Sabat in your hands to see all of the the different little production tweaks and and kind of treats that they've put in there so um, if all of this sounds at all interesting I would say definitely go out there and find a copy there are not going to be any more made of this magazine which I just think automatically right from the beginning makes it something that um, I, I'm going to be very pleased to have those three issues lined up on my bookshelf. Okay, that's it for this week. If you'd like to hear more conversations with independent magazine makers, please check us out on SoundCloud or iTunes. Just search for Stack Magazines and you should find us in there. And while you're there, give us a follow and we'll deliver next week's episode straight to you as soon as it's ready. Okay, thanks for listening and we'll be back next week. Thank <laughs> you.